What you are about to hear is a fun and educational show about financial issues. Join Dan Wendell and his co-host, Tony, as they explore topics related to retirement planning. No matter how close you are to retirement, it's time to listen to another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show. My name is Dan Wendell, owner of Dolphin Financial Group, and today we're going to be talking about the cost of long-term care beyond the numbers. We've done shows in the past on long-term care, how much it costs to go to an assisted living facility, a, a nursing home, to have home health care. I'll put that link up here. So we've we've done shows on the actual monetary cost, but today we're going to talk about the other costs associated with and and some resources and tips and things like that. And to help me with that, I'm going to bring on an expert in this field. Her name is Linda Burhans, and she's known as the gal that cares for caregivers with love, laughter, and lessons learned. She's an author, a speaker. She has a lot of things going on in Pinellas County nationally, does conferences, helps a ton of people. And she's my go-to resource when I want to help people that need help being a caregiver because it's not easy. So without further ado, let me bring in Linda. There you are, Linda. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for your kind comments, my friend. Yes, the gal who cares for caregivers. And you wrote a book to start us all off about your experience with your mom. Well, I took care of my mom. My I, I moved to um, Florida from New York, in case you can't tell. <laughs> And uh, a couple of years later, my mom moved down. That's what I really wanted. And shortly after she moved down, she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Wasn't really the deal. I, I didn't know any. My, I found out after my mother passed away, she also had dementia. But I just thought she's my goofy mother. And we were just focusing on cancer. So it was a fabulous journey, actually, for me with my mom. And when my mom passed away, right three weeks before she passed away, I started writing my book, Good Night and God Bless. And so I wrote through the last three weeks of my mom's life and my grieving process. And then I reconstructed our adventures from the 18 months before for my journals and my calendar. Oh my goodness, the book was published right away. And when I went out to promote it, every single time people just came up to me crying saying they needed help. And when I took care of my mother, nobody told me about anything. My mother lived in a fabulous senior community. I didn't find out what respite care was till I was in my bereavement group. And I'm not a dumb bunny, but there were no resources. People weren't even talking the word caregiver. It's so true. And I help people with their financial planning and I bring up the long-term care thing because people are starting to get, they're experiencing that mostly through their parents, right? They're, yeah. they're sandwiched, the sandwich generation as the elder parent and yeah. the kids, right? So people are experiencing it more and more. So they, when I talk to them about finances, it's not, out of left field like it used to be, let's talk about caregiving. It used right. to be nursing home, right? Or the home, as we called it, right? They don't, they don't <laughs> you use the term community, much better term. But even still, your mom was in an assisted living community? Is that? Independent she was in. She was independent, right? So she had some sort of helper around them. She was in a very positive environment for that. Yet yeah. you still were not hundred percent free and clear of your duties. You know, I, I say to, I facilitated over 3000 support groups and workshops for caregivers. 
and my caregivers come to my support groups and they're there two, three years, whatever, and we have the whole discussion. When is it time? That's a, that's a whole discussion. When is it time? And many times they decide, okay, it's time. And, and the two questions with time is, first question is, are they safe? If it comes to the point that they're not safe anymore, that's the first question I ask. And the second question is, are you ready to jump off the bridge? Because yeah, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? That I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know if I can take care of my loved one 24-7 and take care of my family and do my job and and do everything. Well, Linda, all the money in the world. Someone has all the money in the world. They have a... no. I, I haven't met anyone that wants to go to a facility, right? No. no. Right? Everyone would rather stay at home. Right? Yeah. So let's assume... Someone does all the planning for their parent or for themselves. They have everything set up. Their, their home is retrofitted perfect. And is there going to be a role for the caregiver at that point in the home? Yes. And let's say they're paying someone or it's their own daughter or son taking care. You're still saying that even in their own home, in their surroundings, there's still a point where that caregiver wants to jump off the bridge. I'm exhausted. I'm just exhausted. It's a big responsibility, not just mentally, emotionally. It's a huge. We take care of people we love. We take care of people we deeply love. You know, years ago, people did not live this long. You know, it was, I just had a conversation the other day about when is it time to stop driving? And we're the first generation that had to tell our parents they couldn't drive. Because the generation before us, mom didn't drive, or if she did, just a little bit. And dad didn't live that long. Right. So it's a whole different scenario now and what we have to look at. But I, but to back up, so it comes to the point where we say, okay, maybe it's time for mom or dad or my spouse or whatever to go into a community. And it's a big decision, and it's really hard. But I find what happens is it's harder for the caregiver than it is for their loved one. Because their loved one goes into a community and now there is activities there. There are different things to do. And now the caregiver is home all by themselves. And they go to the other many times, visit them, and they go, hey, I'm, I'm dancing with somebody and have a great time. See ya. Now, I would argue that from most people's perspective, it's the complete opposite of what you said. Mom's stubborn. She's never going to leave the house, even though we know it's best for her, right? You're saying, does that still exist? But once they're over that hump and they see yeah. a different world? All right. So, for instance, I have a friend of mine, a friend of mine, Mama Rose, she's 98 years old. And she was having some issues, let's say, a year or so ago. Her family said to me, she feels like she has no purpose. She had nine children. So I went to visit her one day and I said, Mama Rose, you know, since my husband died, I need to get my fire back. Can you help me? Oh, help you, Linda? I said, yeah, can I interview you? And most of the time she, she interviewed me. I would go see her. <laughs> well, after a while, her family thought it, maybe it's a time for her to go to an adult daycare center. And she we was, had in, a her, fabulous she was in her home herself, you're saying? She was living in a home by herself, and she would spend different nights with members of the family. But during the day, you know, it was hard for them. They were all, like you said, they're working and having their family. Right. So, And she's very social. To go to an adult daycare center. So we found this fabulous place and the whole family agreed, but 
Nobody wanted to say anything to mom. No one wanted to tell her this is what we're going to be doing. So I call in Team Linda. So I tell her that I work there. I actually went there and did a couple of programs. And that she's my helper. And what I need her to do when she goes there is just give a good example. So when it's time for everybody to get together and do this, you're going to do this. And it was fabulous. It was absolutely fabulous. But then it came to the point where... She's up all night. She went out in the street one night. So maybe we need to think about going into a community. So a 24-7 environment. Yes. And and her dementia is declining. She's 98. Yeah. So we find this fabulous place. Everybody agrees. But who wants to tell mom? So I call up mama and I go, mama. Can you help me with something? She goes, sure, Linda. I said, I have a friend of mine that needs to move her mom into a community, but she doesn't live around here. Could you go there with me and see if you like it? And what do you think about it and how the food is and everything? And we went there and like two hours later, she was like, oh, I would move here. Yeah. Good. Not really. (laughs) Well, a couple weeks later, she moved in and she was really mad for about three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. That's a tough three weeks. Yeah, it was a tough three weeks for the family. And she has nine children and a bunch of grandchildren. So there were people visiting. But every time the next person came to visit, she said, I haven't seen anybody in two days. Mm. So so eventually they get over the hump. Yeah. But, but you would agree that most people don't want to leave their home. No, I don't think most people want to leave their home. But then it also depends on what your home is like. There are some people that are living at seniors all by themselves. They don't have a family. And they're so home. Would you say that, I mean, because a lot of people, they'll find a way to pay for it. Most people don't have money to pay right. for this. It's not in the budget. The senior doesn't have enough income because they're expensive. The 24-7, the, the communities are. Yeah. Um, so the solution to that is to plan ahead. But assuming that, you know, you're able to plan for it and the money's there and the kids chip in and you're able you maybe have long-term care insurance, whatever. That's all well and good, but there's still problems. There's still challenges once it's paid for. So is it? There's challenges because no one knows your loved one better than you. No one is going to love your loved one as much as you do. And now we're going into communities and we're going to places where it's, it's totally new to them. You know, I have a friend of mine, his name is Brian LeBlanc and he has Alzheimer's and he knows he does. And he speaks about it. And I watch him over the years. He's declining. And what he has done is he has made a video for the community that is going to care for him one day because he knows one day he will be in a community. And in his video, he says, don't feed me breakfast early. I just like my coffee in the morning. Please don't feed me till 10 o'clock. I would like to go outside every day. I love the Beatles, but please don't play this song, this song, and this song by them on my headphones. So what is he setting himself up for? And and the people that will be caring for him. For success, do you think that people should do something like that? Planning along those lines? Okay, I think they should do planning, and I think they need to do conversation. Besides the conversation of where I'm going to go, where I'm going to live, we just need to have conversation. So caregivers are, like, overwhelmed. They're worrying about 
pooing and peeing and eating and doctor's appointments and everything and and getting everything done quickly. Getting everything done quickly because we have a lot to do because I have all this stuff to do because I have a job because I have a family or whatever. So I, I keep taking everything from mom and dad or my spouse because I could do it quicker. And then they're sitting in the chair and, and they go, they're not talking to nobody. Well, nobody's talked to them. You, you've taken away everything they could do. If I cut the fruit salad, it can take me 10 minutes. If I do it with mom, it's going to be like 35 minutes. But who am I serving? Yeah. And by doing all that, too, it gives you a better opportunity to keep people at home because they're engaged, because they're doing something. But another thing I find is when people are at home, so people stop coming to visit. They just come because I don't know if they think it's contagious or whatever, or they just don't know what to say. So I say to caregivers, you know, set up a little memory box on your table. Thank God for the internet. So if your mom was a, a Girl Scout leader, print out some pictures of Girl Scouts. And on the back of the paper, if you want to be really good, write Troop 1043, 1970 or whatever. Or if they lived in Brooklyn or whatever, or if they like to cook. Well, when someone comes to visit, then they can just pick one thing out of the box. Good to go. If if you could give advice to somebody that doesn't have a lot of money, right? So now, all right. The high end facility community is out, out of the picture. It's just not going to happen. This is where most people find themselves, right? Um, and so they have a limited amount of funds. Where would you say to the caregiver to direct those funds? Okay, to help get the most, most of the high end community might not be the best place. Why not? <laughs> Um, because to tell you the truth, if I have to go into a community, I don't want to go in one that li- li- looks like a country club. Okay. I want to go one that has like a little pond out in the backyard and not too many people live there. And maybe we could like do some crafts or something. I, I think that would be too overwhelming for me. Okay. So, so I don't think it, the high end place may not necessarily be the answer. Right. And that's Even why we though, had the conversations early, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. But there are a lot of resources out there. There are a lot of resources, if I cannot afford to go into a community right now, that that you can get respite care. And you need to pull your community together. Your people in your church, your people in your neighborhood, we all need to talk about what's going on because there's a caregiver every other door. I promise you in Florida. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm in my mail room and a woman's taking her mail out of the mailbox and it falls on the floor and she starts crying. And the other lady and I look at each other and she goes, oh, I'm just taking care of my husband. It's so hard. And the other lady goes, me too. Well, nobody has that conversation. But when you know that and you have a community that's surrounding you, then you can take some time for respite care. Or you can take some time to take your loved one and meet with a neighbor. Maybe they have the same cognitive issues going on. You know, I had a, I had a woman, I always say to caregivers, you know, you need to ask and accept for help. And it's really hard for caregivers. And one woman said to me, you know, Linda, I'm a really slow learner because I listened for a long time. She said, but my husband's uh, dementia was so bad. He, he just had no filters. I couldn't go to church anymore. And I gave up everything. I didn't want to give up church. She said, but my neighbor's Jewish. And he kept asking me, is there anything I can do to help you? She said, so finally I went over there and I said, could you just give me an hour on Sunday? 
so I could go to church. And he said, I would love to do that. She said, so I ran to church that Sunday. I said on my prayers, I ran back and I got in the house and they go, go away. We're playing dominoes. We don't need you here. <laughs> so she gets three hours every Sunday morning. So besides that, she gets three hours. Her husband gets to see the neighbor. The neighbor who likes the husband gets to see the husband. And she gets to see some community members that may offer additional assistance because she just doesn't know to ask them. Yeah. And now I know maybe when I go to the store, I could pick up your groceries too. Well, you mentioned in the past and we've done shows before and you said, we don't know how to ask for help. Caregivers don't know how to ask for help. You know, someone, do you need anything? No. What do you need? Nothing. Right. But to, if, if you are not a caregiver or if you know someone that needs help that keeps turning it down, they probably need help. You have to be more specific in how you ask, right? No, you or, just have to tell them I'm helping you. So I just found out recently about a new app. It's called Circle of, Circle OF. They'll be part of my next conference. So it's a free app for caregivers. So you can go on there and you can set up um, your first circle, let's say, is your immediate family. So now mom went to the doctors today or her medicine changed or whatever. So I don't feel like calling my whole family at night and telling them the latest and greatest of what's going on. But if I don't, I'm going to hear maybe some stuff about I didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. Or if I call my one sister, she's going to tell me everything I'm doing wrong. So I can just go on this app and say, okay, this is what changed. But then I could set up a second circle of family, friends, community people. And I can just make a list of things I can, I need help with. Now I don't, I'm not directly asking you. I'm just making that I'm like list. a wish list, like a Christmas wish yes. list. And then me as your friend could go on there and go mow your lawn. I'll be there Tuesday too. Or do some laundry. I'll, how cool right. is that? It's easier for, for those that want to help to see something to check the box. Yeah. Because I have to say to caregivers, any caregivers listen to the show today. Don't deny people helping you. When my mom passed away, a caregiver said, a friend of mine said to me, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing fine. She said, I'm sick of hearing that from you, Linda. She said, when you took care of your mother, you stole my joy. I said, excuse me? She said, I can see you swimming in quicksand. And every time I asked to help you, you said, no, you were okay. And you never gave me the opportunity to meet your mom. So there are a lot of people willing to help you. You got to learn how to ask or or just be willing to accept um, apps might help any other resources, non-financial. Oh. That- but also resources like area agency on aging. Okay. You can go to area agency on aging. There are a ton of resources there and they get different grants at different times for different things. So right mm-hmm. now you can go to area agency on aging and you can apply for free respite care. And that would allow you to drop off. Your spouse, or your, someone come to your home. It depends. There's different. Sometimes it's like go to a community overnight. Sometimes it's just somebody coming in your house for four hours in the afternoon. You know, maybe all you need just to get your stuff together, right? Just to breathe. Well, maybe you just need to like sit in your bedroom with the door shut by yourself. That's sometimes what you need, and just you don't have to answer to anybody. Yeah, and 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 even. And like you said, like I said earlier, all the money in the world can't prepare you for being in that situation. And please, 
surround yourself with other caregivers. Be friends with other caregivers. Get yourself into a support group. You know, I do support groups online, but I also do a journaling workshop once a month because some people go, I'm not going to no support group. Mm -hmm. So why don't you come to the journaling workshop? So we'll have a journaling workshop and I'll give out a prompt like, I remember when. Everybody has an opportunity to write and if they want to share, they can. And so one woman will say, I remember when I could still have a good conversation with my husband. And somebody else goes, yeah, I remember that too. So it's kind of like a support group journaling workshop together. Yeah. Making those friends and knowing that you're not alone and knowing that when you're at your wit's end or when you're just laughing at something that's totally ridiculous, that it's okay. That's okay. And please know if you're taking someone, taking care of someone that has dementia, your patients can run really thin. And sometimes a caregiver will, they'll come to a support group and I'll say, why are you here? And they go, I yelled at my mother. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good reason for you to be here. And you yelled at your mother and you feel terrible about it for four days. But you know what? If your mom has dementia, she probably doesn't know about it five minutes after. So forgive yourself and go on. Don't do it all the time. Right. Right. But don't crucify yourself because nobody gave you a class on how to do this. No, this is, that's the biggie. No, there's no training in this. It's it's tough to plan for this. People, they can understand. And, And what would you give, what advice would you give to someone that's planning for this? All right. Hey, I've listened to this. I've seen this happen. Um, what, Number one, if there's any way you get start, long-term health care insurance, that would be my first advice. If you, that'd be my first advice. Look at insurance. Get yeah. maybe, yeah. Well, because Medicare doesn't cover it. Surprise, no. surprise. No. <laughs> and it's pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, have the conversation. Have the conversation with your family, including your loved one. My family's having the conversation with me now. I'm 69. I'm okay. But they already know what I like and what I kind of want and what, what my thoughts are. Have that conversation and include the family. You know, when I first started doing caregiving 15 years ago, I had convinced people they were caregivers before I could help them. They were like, no, I'm the faithful spouse, the good daughter. You know, no, you're a caregiver. When you start making a list, are you responsible for their food? Are you responsible for their medications? Are you responsible for taking them to the doctor? Are you responsible for doing their laundry? You're a caregiver. That's right. What would you say is the biggest financial complaint you hear from caregivers if they were going to, if they were going to say, you know, well, I'll tell you the first thing is medication. That's the very first thing. That's like one of the earliest ones is how expensive medication can be no matter what insurance you have. And I will say good RX. If anybody know, if you have to have a prescription filled, Check out GoodRx. So a friend of mine just recently had a prescription was $1,139 a month. And she went through GoodRx and it was $75. So financial costs for drugs is a big issue. And that's a national issue for sure. Because again, Medicare only covers so much. Right. And and what am I paying? Am I, am I going to pay for the medicine or am I going to pay for the food? Am I going to pay for the housing? Or am I going right. to pay for yep. whatever? I agree. So I think that, and, I, and just on a side note, I don't like to see people taking too many medications. So uh, there'll be somebody in my conference, this conference, talking about de-prescribing. Okay, really that's interesting. Important. Yeah, de-prescribing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the other the, the other biggest complaint is how do I get help? Because people don't know how to get help. They don't even know where to go to ask. And you direct you said the Council on Aging. Yeah, Area Agency on Aging. A lot of veterans. There are a lot of veterans benefit. Mm-hmm. Contact your local local veterans association. And I have to say, it's a project. And sometimes it takes a bunch of phone calls. And sometimes it takes some time. But if your sister lives in Minnesota and she's like, how can I help you with mom? I can't take her to the doctors. Maybe she can just do the paperwork. Maybe yeah, she right. can just make those phone calls for you. Make some phone calls, right. Or maybe she could send a check. <laughs> well, I, I have said this before. I think I've said it to you. You know, some of these long-term care policies, the price tag is pretty high if you wait too long, right? Early advanced planning is good, but sometimes it's still too high. Hey, kids, why don't you pay for it? Because, yeah. right? You pay now or pay later. What do you want to do? Right? Well, I, I just told my grandson he should take life insurance out on me. Right. It's not going to be cheap. <laughs> but it, you can he can name the beneficiary, right? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I want to be sleeping like this with one eye open, right? Well, I said to him it's kind of like a savings plan. Right, because they have the long-term care built into the life insurance now. You can use it while you're alive. So, yeah, but sometimes it gets too expensive, but get those that are going to benefit from it to help, you know. Um, Real quick, you mentioned COVID's impact on caregiving. Oh, COVID. COVID. Oh, COVID. So COVID's been tough. Uh, You and I discussed before the show, and I'd like to say a little bit about something about Mary Daniel. Okay, yeah. So Mary Daniel lives in Jacksonville, Florida, and I met her right after COVID, like March 13th it was the day I read her shortly after that. So her husband has uh, um, had early onset Alzheimer's and was living in a community in Jacksonville. And she would go there every day and have dinner with him and tuck him in and groom him and everything. And then she, COVID happened and she went there one day and they're like, you can't come in. You can't see him. And she goes, that wasn't my deal. That wasn't my promise to him. You know, like, how can they do this to me? And she would try to talk to him through the window and he would just cry. He couldn't understand. It's so hard for somebody that didn't have Alzheimer's to go through that. So she was very clever. It took her a couple of months, but she got a job as a dishwasher there. She said, I never thought I'd have on my resume dishwasher. So she would go in there and wash the dishes at night and set up the kitchen for the next day. And she would get to spend time with her husband. Well, she has a, a, a Facebook page. Caregivers for compromise because isolation kills two. Yeah. And then the main one, and then there's one for every state. And what she has done is she's fought to get legislature so that we each have one essential caregiver. So this can never happen again. So you always have one person that can come in who, and, and that's what most people need is because there's usually is one person is who their caregiver is. Yeah. You know, someone that's going to come in there because the communities are so, uh, busy and crazy. If you have a family member there, they're going to make sure mom ate. They're going to make sure that her hair is combed. They're going to make sure she has her bedtime story, whatever it is. So makes me so proud to see that. It's it's excellent. And you, you made the point, you know, isolation kills. I want to reiterate also something that you mentioned in the past and maybe even today you may have said isolation, you know, being in your home, everyone wants to stay in their home. But if that means you're going to be isolated, Maybe that's not the best thing for you. Maybe even though it's not the comfort of your home, it might make sense to stretch a little and be in a community of like, 
of people your age or people going through a similar thing to have or a multi-care even. Let's start with adult daycare and see, you know, solitary confinement is punishment. Yes, especially for humans. Yes, and that's what it kind of was in, yeah. in a lot of ways. We're social creatures. It's still a big fear. We're just starting to get out. But, you know, there were, there were gifts of COVID because COVID started. They go, okay, Linda, no more life support groups. I'm like, I'm not going to like this. I need to see my caregivers. I need to touch my caregivers. But now I have caregivers from all over the United States and Canada and England. But the caregiver didn't have to get dressed to come to the support group. They didn't have to find someone to take care of their loved one. They didn't have to find a parking spot. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different thing. It has opened up so many avenues. And and just with families, right? I My family, every Sunday, we have a family Zoom at 10 o'clock. Whoever comes, comes. We never talk to each other as much as we do now. Right. It's easier. The technology's there. Let's use it. But isolation kills. That's a really good point. And your story about the Jacksonville woman, that's... You yeah. know, hopefully the legislation goes through. So if you're interested in that, what's the, what's. The- Just go to the Facebook page, caregivers for compromise, because isolation kills too. And you just search it. You'll see it everywhere. Yeah. And for people that want to know more about Linda, all the resources, she's got so much up in her head for these resources that her website's got a lot of this on there. Go to lindaburhands.com. Um, I just want to conclude by thank you for coming on. Long-term care is expensive. We know that. It's not a surprise. You know, this is uh, something I've been talking about for years. Um, But take advantage of the resources. You said there's a lot out there. And there is. You just got to look. You got to ask. Go to my website. You'll find a ton of resources. I have a conference coming up May 3rd, 4th, and 5th with 21 fabulous speakers. Yeah, All that's online from the comfort of your living room. That's right. You don't even have to go. And, and you're not alone. You're no, not you're alone. Not alone. And there's people all over the country, um, but also maybe your neighbor. Don't forget that. And obviously prepare ahead of time. That's, I mean, that goes without saying. But if there's anything to prepare in advance for, it's something that can really be a burden both financially and emotionally. And stress. Just so... Thinking ahead, having the difficult conversations before they're completely unable to have the conversation, right? That's another issue, right? So having these conversations ahead of time is the key. And one last thing, caregivers, please take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. And this may sound like a little harsh, but if you don't take care of yourself, you're doing an injustice to your loved one. So please do it. They wouldn't want that. Yeah. Linda, thank you so much again, lindaburhands.com. Linda, you're a great guest. I love when you come on the show. Good luck with the conference. I want everyone to go to the website, sign up, get the resources you need. Linda's there. She's not charging for this. She is offering this at no cost to people. So take advantage of it. And Linda, thank you for being helpful and always being a good caregiver and an advocate for caregivers. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, my friend. The topics on this show are wide ranging yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or 
to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.